Yes, for the first time in an extremely long time, Matt Chats is finally back, and I'm very happy to welcome back uh, a guest that's been on the show many times, uh, probably more than five. I don't know the exact number, uh, but it's great to welcome him back. And uh, that man that is on the podcast is Stephen Kemp. Congratulations, Stephen. Welcome back. It's a rather rambunctious round of applause. Thanks, Maddie. Thank you. Oh, guys, please, please. Um, is it fair to say that I'm probably a good friend of the show? Very good friend of the show. Definitely Bryant Van Dyken's also up there. He's featured on a few. It's true. Uh, true. So I'd say you and him. Chook's been on at least, I'd say three. Two, um, definitely two, I'd say three. If he's good friend of the show, then I'm very good friend of the show. Oh, yeah, look, you're um, close comrade. Is that? I don't know if that's as equal as... In, in these Russian bashing times, I think we'd stay away from that rhetoric. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, welcome back. How does it feel to be back? Uh, this is the first episode for a long time. It's it's nice to be here. It's It's great that you're back. Is this season three? What season is this? Does this count? This is season two, episode one, because we did a couple of... We did season one... And then there were a few middle feature episodes, just sort of to keep the fans wanting more. You know, we had Jacob Lansmere, personality, Ryan Campbell, fantastic episode. That was a great chat. It was a great chat. Uh, then had Tim Ludeman. Loved that chat too. Yeah. Um, and now we're back for season two, so this is going to get a lot more regular, a lot more different, a lot more funky. And I can reveal uh, later on in the show, I spoke to him earlier today, uh, but it'll feature later on in this show, spoke to uh, Matt from Niche Sporting Means for d- Domestic One Day Cup Loving Teens. If there's a couple of individuals that like niche domestic Australian cricketers, it's you and I. Yeah, uh, it was a really good chat. Probably you know a nice 10 to 15 minute sort of bite-sized, just real fun chat. And uh, they'll be featuring in the middle of the podcast. So, would you say that the two of you are now close personal friends? I mean, we're both named Matt. Um, Good look, start. Look, I don't, he'll probably maybe he'll listen to this podcast to hear himself, but don't know if he's done any media work. And this isn't piercing in his pocket. Spoke extremely well. I was like, this man knows his stuff. And you know, when you speak to someone, you're like, this man knows his cricket. Mm. He knew his cricket. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, so bit it, about him. Yeah, you don't like when you speak to someone, you're like. I'm being nice because I'm not a bad person, but you don't know anything about this sport, hmm. and I don't enjoy talking about it with you. <laughs> Please stop wasting my time. Yeah, but look, he definitely he definitely knew what he was talking about, and I appreciate it. Um, so it was great to have him on. I would love to chat with him again in the near future. Um, I, I look forward to hearing your response to a few of his niche cricketers that he brought up. Yeah, so, let's, well, yeah. I'm keen to get into it. Yeah. Uh, we've got to talk about the Shield. Uh Day four was Huge. five was today, sorry. Uh, and WA finally getting the win. Yeah, it's like 23 years since we last did it. What was going on in 98, 99? Like some, some ANSAT Cup stuff? Maybe? I don't know. I was one... Colton United series? One and a half to two years old. Yeah, I reckon I was about nine, maybe ten. The good old days. Ah, uh, yes. Good. Y2K was a thing that was coming up. Yeah. Um... I won't say good friend of the show, just friend of the show. Um, Jacob Landsmere um, was actually there broadcasting it. We actually have the, the snippet um, of the moment that WO1 has called by himself. We'll, we'll have a listen. So we're about to reach lunch on the fifth and final day, and we await a decision from the two captains. Maddinson unfurls with a twirl, and on the back foot, Hardy defends. 
the end of the over and that is it Western Australia shake hands with their opponents and the drought is over for the first time in 23 years Western Australia are winners of the Sheffield Shield it's a victory that will delight the recently departed Western Australia win the Sheffield Shield at the WACA and the Shield is coming home. It's been like coming for a couple of seasons. There's been a lot of pressure, I feel, from the East Coast media about when are the Warriors going to do it. Mm. You know. Well, I think also, probably unwarranted, Adam Voges keeps getting under a lot of pressure pretty yeah. regularly. And Trophy trophy Cabinet's got, got a couple of things in there now yeah. under his watch, so... Uh, Although I saw, I saw he got it was the Scorchers gave him a contract extension like a year or so ago or so maybe ago. Yeah, okay. So I think yeah, I think they get it. I think people over here get it. Maybe people over east maybe not so much. Yeah. So look, well done to him and well done to WA and to guys like Sean Marsh who have been there for a long time. Yeah, made his debut in like in there was it two thousand two thousand one. Yeah, John Townsend also saying spare spare a thought for Marcus North. Yeah, blokes, blokes who absolutely gave their life to WA. Mm. Yeah, where's Michael Hogan? Probably playing county cricket still. Probably, I ho- I hope so. Yeah. Uh, then Teague Wiley just plays his second shield game and. Yeah, this is all right, isn't it? Yeah. How easy is this? Easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but we'll talk a lot more about cricket later because I've got some things I want to throw down with you. I'm keen. Um, based on the 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 niche cricketing chat I had earlier today, there was a fair bit of that. Um. Might as well talk a little bit of AFL just to get it out of the way. I know you're a West Coast fan. Didn't go too well with your stay in the oh, Derby. Oh, gee. It's been a rough start to the year. Did you watch it? Uh, patches. Yeah. Uh, obviously, not the full complement of players there, but you would have hoped for a little bit more. Uh, end up being a 50-odd point drubbing. Yeah, look, we showed a little bit against North. Yeah. I mean, with all the changes and everything that was going on, I'm sure it's very well documented. But they showed a little bit. And yeah, with all the bigger names coming back in this round, it's sort of like, oh, where'd that go? Yeah, still some big names that went out as well. Oh, look, I think that's just going to be the story of the first half of the year. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate if you're a West Coast fan or a West Coast player. Uh, I think also we don't know the impacts of COVID are sort of from a, a long stretch in terms of there's rumours that some players sort of feel okay a week afterwards, some players take a month to get full fitness back and and feel fully back with it. So well, I guess it depends how it affects each person. Yeah, just like any other virus, disease, illness, yeah. ailment, everyone gets affected differently and for reasons unknown. Mm. Someone uh, texted into Sport FM today saying, Josh Kennedy's cook, get rid of him. I'm like, he's one of the few blokes who's still actually kicking goals for you blokes. <sighs> Easy to pick on someone who's old. Look, still kicked two yesterday, and what? What did you guys kick? Six seven? or seven goals? Yeah. Look, if you still kick it to Josh, Josh Kendi in a one-on-one, he's going to win it ninety percent of the time. Yeah, he's still. I mean, yeah. Look, yeah, he's getting older. Yeah, he's getting slower. He's, you know, this is a natural part of life. But yeah, like, bloke is definitely still in the best twenty-two. Yeah, for sure. Probably his last year. Ah, oh, fair to say. I'm wondering if at what point of this season he'll be thinking. Should I have gone around again? Yeah, there's already been talk about that already, also along with uh, Shannon Hearn, who's sort of like, hmm, did, did I make the right call? Because they would have hoped for one last shot at it. But yeah. unfortunately... Yeah, it's not looking realistic at the moment. I mean, 
finals footy's played in September, but when you're 0-3, I mean, <sighs> realistically, to have a crack at it, you've got to finish top four. And so what do you need, what, 17, 18 wins? Yeah, so what you guys would have now, 18 games left, you would need to win 12 of those just to make the eight. Mm. So it's a, it's tough, isn't it? Yeah, look, it's uh, it's not easy street. But look, you you don't stop believing. It's it's more Bryce Street than Easy Street. We'll talk a bit about Bryce Street a bit later on. I'm sure we will. Yeah. Uh, now, getting off a bit of the footy, uh, going on the run sheet. You know, we're not going all sport today. There's some other topics. You sure you don't want to keep talking about footy? Because the do you want to mention the Pies? Is well, that... I mean, considerably better start the Pies this year. Oh than yeah, the Eagles, and they played three quarters of really good footy on the weekend. They did. Um, one um, unbelievable quarter, nine goals in that third quarter. Wasn't enough to win the game, and I was pretty upset at the time. But you know, you look back on it, and it's like, well, you know, we weren't even expected to do this well this year, and we can get a lot better than that. And Geelong probably were at their peak in that last quarter. I'm like, well, we've got room for improvement. Yeah, and against uh, lesser opposition, you probably would have got away with it. Probably, yeah. But Alas, good teams don't let you do that. Yeah, look, I, I look forward to seeing how we go this week against West Coast. Um, Gee, I'm at, not at Marvel Stadium. Uh, look, I I'm never I never feel safe against anyone we verse, so I won't feel safe until the final siren's gone and we've won. The plague of the Collingwood fan. Um, are you a bit aggrieved that you have to travel down to Marvel? Down to Marvel? No, that's okay. Uh, it's more of a home game for the Eagles, really, isn't it? They do prefer playing us there than the G. Oh, I don't know about that. Oh well, look, less less angry people to abuse you, I suppose, at Marvel. Well, before 2018. That horrible year. That's true. That's very true. You guys didn't beat us in the G to, for a long time. We don't have to talk about that. That's fine. Uh, but, yeah, I, I I think we'll win. But If you don't win, something is wrong. But, we, see, it's hard to know. We don't know which West Coast players about this week. We don't know what West Coast are going to have. We don't know who's out. We don't know who's in. So, maybe West Coast gets six of their best back. Who knows? We don't know. So, what you're saying is there's a chance. Yes, there's always a chance. Do you want to put money on it? Because I don't feel safe doing that. <laughs> uh, like, what, that Collingwood will win? Yeah. That you'll put money on Collingwood will win, and I'm. what am I putting money on? Well, I mean, you're not You're not confident. Oh, I never bet against Collingwood, so I'm not doing that. Mm, I've never tipped against them either. And that's why you don't win tipping competitions? I've won many tipping competitions. Uh, only in the years when Collingwood was good. Collingwood finished 7-8th last year, and I won the Boom Radio tipping competition. I think that says more about the quality of footy analysts at Boom Radio. Oh, look. Um, look, you get the odd ones, you know. The weeks where we're not supposed to win and we get up, you know, get a point back. So you basically... So it does end up evening out. I don't reckon it does. I reckon you're probably throwing away 15 tips a year there. 15 tips a year? Yeah. Well, we're I mean, not that bad, mate. We were last year. We didn't lose 15. Go, oh, I don't know how many we... I can't remember. But, you know... Just saying. Yeah. I don't know what the future holds for West Coast because I don't see a lot coming through. And I think there could be a couple of years of hard times, as Paramore once said. They did, and they they said it many a time. Um, A couple of years ago, though, we were blooding all these young players, and it was it was so nice that you know that these young boys were getting a little bit of a taste of senior footy, and it's like, oh, okay. Um, Where are they now? I think the Tim Kelly deal really ended up hurting you guys overall, trading out some picks, and obviously it seemed like a good idea at the time. But Tim Kelly hasn't really set the world on fire as he did at Geelong. At this point, um, it feels like we sold the family ranch. Yeah. And now we're homeless. And look, he had a good midfield to work with at Geelong. He wasn't the big dog. 
And he's probably not the... But he's still second or third in line and expected to also be close to the big dog. And he really hasn't really hasn't shown it, has he? Not really. Upsettingly so. But we we move on. And, we, and yeah. hopefully he does come good later this year. Local Beckenham boy. Yeah, and, and I'll always be a fan of Jim Kelly. Of course. Now, let's move on um, out of the sporting world. And we'll get back into it a bit later. Sure. But I just wanted to, to go through a few things that are happening in the world. Um... You would have seen the the Oscars. Uh, well, not the Oscars itself. I didn't sit down and personally watch it. I don't know about you. Nor, nor did I. Um, but obviously, the big moment where Will Smith just decided, um, I'm going to walk up on stage and slap Chris Rock in the face. Yeah, a lot to unpack there. A, a, gr- a great deal to unpack. What What was your uh, What was your take on it? Well, I guess, um, firstly, I'd want to know... I, and I don't know mm. um, if Chris Rock was aware of her medical condition. Yeah, um, alopecia is is relatively common thing. I've said you know, quite a few quite a few people around the place have it. Um, so bold of Jada to uh to wear that that particular hairstyle. Mm. I you know what I'm a big fan of the of the roast. You know the comedy roast. I've got a lot mm. of time for it. Yeah, as far as roasts go, that was pretty mild. Yeah. So I mean, if he didn't know about her medical condition, if he was just making a comment on on you know the fashion of the day, then that's probably fair play. Yeah, the strangest part was that after he told the joke, the camera panned to Will Smith and he was like laughing at the mm. joke, mm. and then like I don't know, did Jada look at him and go, "Yeah, you, I you should do something." I saw that vision too. Um, it was kind of all like, did he not get the joke like, originally? I, I I don't know. It was maybe like a. Oh, like I, I've been scorned here, and I'm not going to let it show that I've I've been scorned. I'm just going to put on a brave face and have a laugh about it, and then perhaps Jada looks over and he goes, "Oh no, I actually do have to do something about this." Mm. And now he's stepped down from the academy. Not that I really know what that means. Does that mean he just won't go to Oscars anymore? To be honest with you, um, I I've not researched what what that means. Yeah. Um, I know he's under like investigation from the academy itself. Yeah, look, I mean, what does what does any of it mean? Who knows? I I mean, I don't know. Well, all, all I know is that just because somebody makes a funny that you don't like doesn't mean you're allowed to to slap them. <laughs> exactly. He should have spoken to him privately. Because if everyone just did, you know, what they wanted to as a result of that, then there'd probably be a lot of lot more dead people. And that's sort of what Will Smith has said in his apology. He goes, violence wasn't the way to answer or try and sort things out mm. um, and it didn't and it didn't didn't look good it didn't look it looked pretty pretty yuck but all of us around the world are, are now talking about it still so true <sighs> no such thing as bad publicity look the most tragic news that I found from it is ha- have you seen the movie Madagascar before uh, I'm, I'm familiar with it one of the great films um Chris Rock and Jada Pinkett Smith are both voices in Madagascar. This means we're probably not going to get a Madagascar four, and that's something that there's, I won't tolerate. There's that many of them. There's been there's three. three. Yeah, oh, I think they've. I think they've done enough there, haven't oh, they? I, ugh, you can never have too much Madagascar, though, can you? I mean, at at what point are these talking animals not going to be caged and and used for the humans' entertainment? Well, they're, they're roaming there. Enjoying life. Well, all I'm saying is, if there's three movies, if this is a, a successful <laughs> franchise, yeah. then some human needs to go out there and capture that. 
I mean, <laughs> I'm not saying that's what I'd do personally. <laughs> I'm just saying if you had access to all these talking animals, <laughs> surely someone would be, hey, maybe, maybe I can monetize this. Look, potentially some, some you know, NFT stuff. But you know, maybe they just get a different voice. I don't, I don't know, but. Like like Aladdin two when when Robin Williams wouldn't be genie, <laughs> maybe. But then he came back for the third, and I felt safe. Interesting. Mm. Aladdin original was definitely the best. Yeah, that's fair. But did the other two even make it to cinema, or were they just released on VHS? <sighs> Gee whiz, I couldn't tell you. I know I own them on VHS. Still, do you still have them? I don't, unfortunately. Oh. Uh, now moving on to the next subject, still in the movie world. Mm. I don't know if you've seen Bruce Willis. He's hung up the, the, the boots of, of radio acting. Radio acting. Movie acting. I mean, he could do radio acting. He, he definitely could. But he has hung up the boots. I mean, he's getting on a bit, isn't he? But did, it's actually because of an illness. An illness. Oh, I was not aware. So, what, what ailment is he afflicted with? Um, I'm just getting up. I have read about it. Um, but I was, I, was quite, I was quite aggrieved. I'm a, bit, I'm a big Bruce Willis fan. I mean, at the, at the age he is now... You yeah. got to admit that the roles are becoming fewer and fewer. Um, so Bruce Willis re- uh, retiring from acting due to aphasia diagnosis. I see. So I did look up what it was. Um, I'll just find out again. A language disorder that affects a person's ability to communicate. It can occur suddenly after a stroke or head injury, or develop slowly from a growing brain tumor or disease. Jeez. So I'm gathering. If it's to do with speech, that's well, that's not going to help your acting, is that's, it? That's game over. And um, he also, I believe, is dyslexic. So that the combination of those two, I imagine, would probably make it hard to consume and and then you know expel a script. Yeah. On the screen. So, look, I I was a big Bruce Willis fan. I like his action films, um, but I believe not long ago he's just released another film. So did he? Yeah, I think it's happened all quite suddenly. We should maybe watch Die Hard. Um, and pay pay homage to the great man. Die Hard is a great film franchise. A good little Christmas film. Uh, there was rumour there was going to be a final one, but now... Probably not. It's probably not going to happen, which is unfortunate because Die Hard 5 probably didn't give a, a fair ending. I didn't watch it. Mm. That's well, prob- it's probably too many. Die Hard 1 to 4, fantastic. Die Hard 5, not horrible, but not as good as the first four. Okay, so Die Hard 6, all right. Bruce Willis miraculously recovers. Yeah. And Alan Rickman somehow is reanimated oh. and Hans Gruber doesn't die. Wow. Die Hard hit for six, but not out. <laughs> also, there's cricket. Die Hard six, die even harder. Yeah. What's <laughs> wrong with that? The. Have you, se- have you seen Die Hard 2, 3, etc.? Oh, maybe. Probably not in their entirety. Seeing Die Hard 3, Hans Gruber's brother comes into the equation. Okay, well, hold on. Uh, and then, no more. Please tell me That's nothing. all I need to tell you. I just I just wasn't sure if you knew that. Is it Alan Rickman, but with a fake nose? No, it is not. I don't know. remember the actor's name. Um, he's some blonde-haired fella. <sighs> that, doesn't, that doesn't check out. I'll tell you what, I miss Alan Rickman. Good man. Good actor. Mm. Good Professor Snape. Mm. Uh... Yeah, but Bruce Willis, I, I'm certainly disappointed. Uh, do you, did you have any other Bruce Willis movies that you're a fan of, or is it mainly just that one? Die Hard's the first one that comes to mind. Mm. What's your favourite Bruce Willis movie? Oh, it's, it's definitely Die Hard. A few others in my head. Um, have you seen Red? Red's quite a good film. No. Very good. Um, 
he uh, was in Friends for a little cameo. I do recall. That I think he was Rachel's Rachel's dad. No, he was Rachel's girlfriend, and he was uh, Ross's girlfriend's father. So uh, he started dating <sighs> Rachel. It was qu- quite some funny episodes in there. I think two or three. Um, do you know how that actually came about? Uh, please tell me. Um, you remember when Bruce Willis and Matthew Perry did those couple of films together? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Whole Nine Yards. Whole Nine Yards, yeah. Yeah, that was a good film. I like yeah. that one. Yeah, it is quite good. I think they did a sequel called The Whole Ten Yards. Didn't didn't mm. grow as much popularity. They a yard too far. <laughs> Potentially. But The Whole Nine Yards, I think Matt Perry said, if we reach somewhere in the box office, you've got to come on Friends. And it did. And Bruce had to come on Friends. I had a lot of time for Matthew Perry. Me too. Funny man. Had a lot of issues early on. Yeah, a lot of substance stuff. Yeah, he said, I'm pretty sure I've heard him say he doesn't remember much about filming season one and two of Friends or something. <laughs> I'm like, hmm, that's, that's a worry, Matthew. Mm. But it uh, seems to be in a reasonable place now, which is good. Yeah. Uh, now, going to get into a, a recording here that I spoke to earlier. Matt from the, the Niche Cricket uh, page. Uh, really good chat, so... We'll have a listen to that now, and uh, then we'll continue our chat. That sounds great, mate. All right, well, we do have uh, the admin from one of my favourite cricket pages on Facebook. Nice sporting means for domestic one-day cup-loving teams. Uh, Matt, uh, another Matt. How, how are you, mate? Good to have you on. Yeah, good, mate. Um, yeah, great to be on here. Congrats on, uh, I know you're a proud WA fan, and uh, congrats on uh, getting your first Shield win in a while. Must be good to get the monkey off the back. Yeah, has has been a while, mate. Obviously, there were those years where uh, they they struggled a bit, WA, and then a few years there as well where we were pushing and just couldn't couldn't get the job done. But finally, a shield win, and uh, glad to get the job done. How how did you see the final? Did you get to watch much of it? Uh, I was actually down in Melbourne on a footy trip from Thursday through till um, yesterday afternoon, um, so I didn't see a whole lot of it, um, but. Uh, I try. I tried to at least see fifteen to twenty overs on each of the days in the afternoon sessions. Um, and look, I, I, I thought it was actually pretty good cricket the first three days. Um, I thought Victoria did not bowl horribly on, on days one and two, and we were a bit unlucky not to get um, earlier breakthroughs than what they did. Um, I mean, how good Sam? How good Sam Whiteman? Eighty odd in the first innings, hundred in the second. Um, <laughs> and what about Aaron Hardy? I didn't know he was. Um, didn't know he was that good a batsman. Yeah, neither did I, mate. But it goes on to make one one sixty, one seventy odd, and yeah, seems like a, a superstar now. Only his uh, second Shield hundred. Now, you, you're a man who uh, it's obviously niche sporting means. I know you you love your niche cricketers. We'll chat a bit deeper about that that very soon. But one one person I notice a lot is mentioned on the page, and I know there's a few admins there. Matt Renshaw. Now, I'm a big Matt Renshaw fan. Uh, where where does Matt Renshaw sit for you, and do you ever see him returning into that test fold? Yeah, look, um, <laughs> I, I, I admit that there there have been uh, some posts that have been made o- over the years that uh, have been a little bit negative towards uh, Renshaw and you know his cricketing abilities. But I just I just wanted to say that um, look, I wish him all the very best, and I, I do hope that one day he. He puts together a really good um, 800 to 1,000 run shield season, gets himself back in that test side. Um, but his white ball form was actually pretty good this year, I thought. He was you know, far and away the best batsman in the Marsh Cup. Um, and he had a pretty decent campaign for the strikers as well. Um, so I think his selection on the, on the white ball leg of the Pakistan tour was very deserving. Um, 
But um, yeah, it's, it's I think in in previous years he's probably been a bit too leg side dominant with his with his shot selection. Um, gets gets caught a lot in the by the keeper and the slips and. You know, he's he's tried to bring more offside into his game this year, um, and I, I, I hope he I hope he only gets better. Now the page, mate. How, how did it how did it all start? What did you just think? You know, I can have a bit of fun with this, or was there a reason? What, what was the go? <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. Um, I was about probably four or five years ago. I was, I was at a I was at a Queensland Victoria game at North Sydney Oval with a mate, um, good friend. He's, he's um, teaching in country New South Wales at the moment, doing very well for himself. He actually came up with the with the name for the page, um, and yeah, we just thought, oh, you know, let's let's start a cricket page where we start posting shit about the uh, about the state stuff, which no one really cares about, and just see where it goes from there. Yeah, good call. Uh, would you love to see Shield cricket get back to what it was? Obviously, you know, there was at least a reasonable turnout at the Shield final at the Wacker, but you know, going to the was, yeah. one day cup with you know fans everywhere. Would you like to see it get back to that? Absolutely. I mean, you look at. Um, oh, I'm trying to think. It, was, it must have been Queensland's first ever first ever Shield victory in the mid '90s, and it was almost as if the whole of Southeast Queensland was getting around around that match. And you had big crowds at the Gabba over the first couple of days, and and I think since then it just just hasn't really been the same. And you know, you mentioned with the one day cup. Um, look, I could I could give you a whole essay on how the scheduling with well, that is a bit <laughs> is a bit out of whack, but. Um, no, I'd really, I'd really like to see get back to the levels of popularity that we had in the '90s and even early 2000s. Yeah, for sure. How would you like to see the one one day cut structured? Obviously, they've tried a few different things with the sort of the uh, festival style uh, at the start of the summer, and now they've tried to go back to matching up with the Shield, which hasn't really happened as much as we would like. How, how would you like to see it structured? Yeah, well, um, I think that. You need to have the six or seven shield rounds before Christmas. With the one-day cup, um, I think it needs to be at minimum an eight-game, eight-round season. At the moment, it's seven. It doesn't quite work. Ideally, I'd like to see the return of the double-round robin, but you know those days are probably well and truly behind us. But um, I wouldn't mind seeing a bit, a bit of a sprint come February and March. Just have a whole lot of games um, just before the shield final and just just get it all in there. Um, in the portion before Christmas, I'd like to see most, if not all, the games played from Thursday to Sunday, um, and you know, interspersed with the Shield games. But um, you, you just need to you need to see a return when most games are played Friday to Sunday. I reckon, otherwise, you're not going to get the crowds, or you're not going to get, um, or you're not going to get the TV audiences either, for that matter. Yeah, fair call. Now, some sad news on April first. They seem to do it on on a horrible day. We had Chad Taylor last year, <laughs> and now we've got Peter Neville. Uh, how did you feel about this one? Oh well, I mean, it's it's pretty sad as a as a, as a Blues supporter to you know hear that Neville was going to hang up the gloves and the bat. But um, I mean, it wasn't entirely unexpected. I mean, he's how old is he? Thirty six, thirty seven now. Yeah, he'd be he'd be somewhere around that age, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, somewhere around there. And, I mean, it wasn't totally unexpected. I mean, I was preparing myself for it. Um, and, you know, they've been trying to groom Baxter Holt and Matt Jilks to take over from him. Um, but, uh, yeah, unlike the news of Chad Sayers last year, which, you know, I'm not even a Redback supporter, but that was just heartbreaking. That was completely unexpected. Um, but this one was a little more, little more expected. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Now, he did play a bit of international cricket, which... 
Um, I was surprised to read, and I don't even recall these off the top of my head, he played a bit of international T20 cricket. Yeah, I was actually looking at his ESPN cricket info record just the other day, and um, I, I actually totally forgot that he, that he even played for Australia in, in white ball cricket. It actually surprised me. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was a bit odd, but so that might have been around about the time that they that they started to move away from the concept of someone who could bat really well with the gloves to someone who could actually keep to our spin bowlers. So I reckon it was about maybe six months to a year before they may have tried Tim Payne in the T20 side as well. Yeah, yeah, I think you're you're about right there. Now I did I did message you you know last week and said. Do you reckon you could come up with your, your top five sort of niche cricketers or even 11, <laughs> an 11 if you had the time? Did you have time to chuck something together? Yeah, well, um, I, I couldn't really come up with an 11, but I'll, yeah. I'll, um, I'll, I'll, run you, I'll run you through a few names. Um, we'll start with a bit of um, Tassie flavour. I'll, um, I'll throw in a, a bit of a bits and pieces all around us from uh, around about eight to ten years ago. Matt Johnston, he also played a bit for your boys. Um, <laughs> really, really fascinating, um, fascinating uh, record. Actually, he's only gotten, I think it was a, about a dozen wickets in his professional cricketing career. He played, I reckon, it was about fifteen to twenty-one days for WA and Tassie. He played only a couple of Shield games. Um, he averaged about thirty odd with the ball, twenty odd with the bat. Uh, but I was surprised he actually stuck around the WA and Tassie setups for as long as he did. And let me just say, his bowling action was pretty. Pretty wicked. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll give you a few more names. We'll go with a bit of South Australian flavour here. Nathan Adcock. Um, yep. He had a, and you know, no, no disrespect to the guy, but um, he had a very ordinary record um, in his time playing Shield cricket. His, his average um, in his career was about twenty three. Um, I don't believe he scored a he scored a century throughout his career. It was actually. I believe named captain at one point for South Australia in 2006-2007, round about that time. Actually got dropped halfway through the season when he was captain. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think that says a bit about the Redbacks, really. Um, then, obviously, you've got the likes of Cullen Bailey and Dan Cullen, the Cullen twins, as I call them. <laughs> um, and uh, so if we're going to go with a bit more bits and pieces... Uh, all-rounder flavour. I'll throw in Chris Simpson from Queensland. Um, a truly, truly ordinary record. Averaged about 69 with the ball in shield cricket, 21 with the bat. Captain Queensland for a couple of years as well. Surely one of one of the one of the most unusual captaincy choices going around state cricket, I believe. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. Th- those are, those are some of the, the cricketers I hold. I, I'll put right up the top of the niche category. Yeah, that's a fair call. Now, what I've done, last thing I want to do is, yeah, I've, I wrote down some names today that are just playing state cricket that, look, probably aren't going to play for Australia, but I'm going to list them all off to you, and I just want yep. you to give me a yes or a yes or no. Do you think they'll at least maybe play one test? So okay. we'll go through the list, and you just give me a yes that's or no. Interesting. So not, not white ball cricket, only the red ball stuff. So going to start it off yep. here. So uh, Sam Whiteman. Uh, no, I don't think he will. Matt Kuminen. Uh No. Uh, Teague Wiley? Yes. Arjun Nair? No. Jimmy Pearson? Can I go yes and no? <laughs> Jimmy Pearson? 
You can go the double. Uh, I'll go Bryce, the double. Yeah. Uh, Bryce Street. Yes. Uh, Jason Sanger. Yes. Wes Agar. No. Jake Carter. Skull likes him, but no for mine. <laughs> Henry Hunt. Yes. Lawrence Neil Smith. <sighs> Actually, messaged Lawrence just the other day. <laughs> nice bloke. Um, oh, I'm going to say yes. Riley Meredith. Oh, look, I'm sure Warney would have loved to have seen him play test cricket. Um, uh, no. Uh, Darcy Short. No. Uh, ben McDermott. Yes. Jordan Silk. No. And finally, Tanvir Sanger. Yes. Oh, big call. Yeah, just, I, I was racking my brain, writing a few names down there, and I thought, look, a lot of these guys aren't even going to come close, but you just never know what other people are thinking. Uh, I reckon quite a few of those guys will will probably play in the next couple of years, but just just a few of them I'll worry about age uh, might be an impediment. Yeah. Um, some, sure. Someone like someone, someone like a Sam Whiteman, he must be in his 30s now. Um, he's been around a while. Um, had a great shield year, though. Can't. Can't really fault him there, but just have bad feeling the selectors might uh, might look for some younger talent, someone like Henry Hunt coming through. Yeah, for sure. Um, also, uh, before we go, mate, growing up, who who are you, who are your favourite cricketers? Favourite favourite two or three? Or oh. growing, up, I look. I think this is going to sound really really dull, but I, I absolutely love watching Ricky Ponting play. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I also love watching Sean Tate bowl for the Redbacks. Um and and another one I really like Dan Tory. Oh yeah. the way he went about his cricket. Yep. Well Matt, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on, mate, and hopefully uh we'll get the chat again soon. No worries, thanks very much, mate. Yes, massive thanks to Matt there from uh the niche cricketing page there and Gee, it was a good chat. Good good little get for you there. Yeah, really enjoyed chatting with him. As I mentioned earlier in the, the podcast, he was a extremely good chat, and I look forward to hopefully having him on again in the in the future. Sounded like he really loved his sport, and that's what you that's what you want. That is what you want. You now, need the passion. There was a few questions I asked him, which I did want to relay to you. So he likes his niche cricketers, he likes his cricket. So I feel like he's going to have some opinions on some players that I had to go, oh, yeah, that's hot, and you'd be like, that's disgusting. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? I already regret this. No, so all I did was, and we're just going to go through it, I asked him, I, I put together a list of domestic players, Okay. and all I asked for him was a yes or no, will this player play test cricket? Will he play <laughs> a test for Australia? So it was just a yes or no. So I'm going to go through it. I'm not going to tell you who he said yes or no to. I'm going to blanketly state no, but please continue. No, you do it for each person. Okay, yep. No, You're still no. saying no for everyone. Yeah, look, that's that's just completely ignorant of me. Let's let's have a look at this list. Okay. So yes or no for each one. You've just got to give me a yes or no. You've only just to play one test match. Just one. They could play one, never play again. So like Clint Mackay stuff. 
yeah, whatever. You might think I'm high 100 tests. You might think I'll never play. I just need a classic yes or a no. None of these players that you tell me will play 100 tests. I, I wouldn't have thought so. Uh, it'd be something very special if they did. So let's start. Mm-hmm. Okay, first player. Sam Whiteman, yes or no? Uh, unfortunately, no. No. Matt Kuhneman. Kuhneman? Yes. No. Arjun Nair. Gee, I reckon he's a sniff. Ooh. I reckon maybe, yeah. Wow. Jimmy Pearson. Nah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Teague Wiley. Oh, gee, that's too early to tell. So it's a no, yes? It's a... Um, let's say yes. Oh. Bryce Street. Well, maybe. <laughs> well, a little maybe there. Jason Sanger. Nah. Really? Yeah, nah. I thought he'd be one of the ones you'd go yes on. I don't think so. Wow, okay. Where's Agar? <laughs> no. <laughs> Jake Carter? Uh, maybe we'll see that he's moved to South Australia. So I'm going I'm to say no. I think he's incredibly talented. But he's moved to South Australia, and selectors don't value South Australian runs. They don't, they're worth half. <laughs> Henry Hunt? Same, same story. Ooh. Lloyd Pope? No. Lawrence Neal Smith? N- never. Riley Meredith. Not a chance. Darcy Short. No. I think he's burnt his bridges. Jordan Silk. No. Ben McDermott. No. And finally, Tanvir Sanger. Yeah, possibly. Okay. Yeah. Now, we know which ones you said yes and no there. Sam Whiteman was a no for Matt. So Mm. we'll go through Matt's yes and no's. Matt Kuhneman was a no. Arjun Nair was a no. Jimmy Pearson, he said yes and no. He couldn't decide. He oh, was I think that's mixed. pretty straightforward. He's not good enough. He said yes on Teague Wiley. Mm-hmm. He said yes on Bryce Street. He said yes on Jason Sanger. Mm. Um, I honestly can't remember what he said on Wes Agar. You'll have to go back and listen to that one. Uh, Jake Carter was a no. He said even despite uh, Kiro Keese uh, pumping up of him. Henry Hunt was a yes. Lloyd Pope was a no. I think out of his love for him, he said yes to Lawrence Neal Smith. Yuck. Uh, which I'm a big, big fan of. Uh, Riley Meredith, who's a bit uh, sort of torn on, he said Shane Warne would have loved him to play for Australia. Uh, I think he said no. Darcy Short was a no. Jordan Silk, he did say no, but I, I, I think he must be a bit of a Jordan Silk fan because there was a bit of silence. He went, no. And, I, and that's sort of how I feel because I love Jordan Silk. And I know he's not going to play, but gee, I'd like him to. Um, like what, as a specialist fielder? or good. He's had some good big bash. Yeah, and that's and that's why you should earn a, a bag of green. <laughs> Look, that seems to be the selectors' uh, selectors' ideas of sometimes giving out bag of greens. Mm. Uh, he said yes to Ben McDermott. Oh yuck! Uh, he said yes to Tanvir Sanger. Now, I personally, on Ben McDermott, I don't think at this point he should play Test. I, I agree with you, but do you think there'll be a point where the selectors just based on one day runs and and shit like that will throw him a Test? I hope to God no. But thinking outside your own brain, do you, do you think the selectors would do that? Because that's how I feel. I don't think he should play test cricket. But I think he'll be one of the ones that the selectors will eventually give a test. I think what's what's his first class record looking like? I can I can have a quick look. It's probably not good. Uh, look, he, he certainly... Uh, look, he's done well in the, the one-day series against Pakistan. We can give him that, I guess. Would you agree with that? Yeah, but I mean, 
it'd be pretty disappointing if he didn't score runs on those roads, a la Aaron Finch. First class, played 45 games, averages 33.8. got to remember, I grew up in the Ricky Ponting era. I know. Two centuries, 1750s. 265 fours, though, and that's what matters. Mm. Yeah, as you've said. Uh, Jimmy Pearson, probably just too many keepers that are in front of him. Oh, he's just not good enough. Mm. Sam Whiteman, gee, I'd love to see him get a call-up. Yeah, I mean, I really love what he's done with himself uh, and, and all the injuries and everything. He's had, like, you know, some real Tim Payne areas with the finger stuff. Yeah. And he's there reinvented himself into it. I mean, how good was that 100? Very good. Even he's 85 in the first innings. Mm. Really good. And people forget Bancroft's 100 in the first innings because it was so, feels so long ago now. Doesn't it? Doesn't it? Um, does. But set up the match with that, that 100 from Bancroft. Mm, and that was really well. He batted us so well. And also our man Hilton Cartwright. Ah, uh, yes. Can't forget him. We Well... He's never playing another test, is he? Oh, no, but I'm saying in terms of the Shield game. Oh, yeah, he did, for, did his job, didn't he? Can't forget his contribution. Um, yeah, but look, it's going to be interesting to see which, how many of those players play. I, I'm interested, Arjun Nair, you, you've got a feeling on him. <sighs> Just something about him. And you're not, not on the Jason Sanger train? Oh, I don't I don't mind him. Yeah. Um, I think the thing that uh, what I like most about um, Sanger is the shout out that you organised um, him to do for um, good friend of the show. Chook. Chook. Was a good shout out. Birthday shout out. Was a good shout out. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. If we could play that audio, that that would get me up and about. <laughs> but it's not that I, I don't think he's. It's not that I don't think he's good enough. I just can't see who, like, has he has he getting there? Like, who, who's he who's he replacing? Yeah, okay. Uh, one other question I asked you that I did ask Matt. Matt Renshaw, do you think he ever plays another test? I think he does. Really? I think he's too good to not play another test. As an opener or in a different position? Um, I'm going to say like Usman stuff. He's good yeah, enough okay. to bat anywhere. Okay. Be interesting to see if, if that does eventuate. I think he will. I was happy to see him in the white ball squad. Gee, I wanted him to play. Well... He was only available for the third uh, one yeah. and, the, and the T20. Maybe he plays in the T20. That'd is, be pretty niche. Is he in the T20 squad as well? I guess he mm, would be. Yeah. Uh, look, as much as you never think of Renter as a white ball player, but if we are going on the Marsh one day cup form, then he, he I think he was the close to the highest run oh, yeah. in that. So He's improved leaps and bounds in his see, white ball stuff. The selectors at least are picking it off domestic one day cup form mm, which so. is like thank god finally yeah and he bowls those little nude nuts as well yeah, they're, they're a little bit dangerous <laughs> I would like to see Victoria throwing the ball to Nick Madison a couple of times when they couldn't get a wicket just to see yeah they was just that was the real last resort stuff didn't they look it, it certainly was last resort stuff but I feel like they could they could have turned to him but they didn't uh, now we have talked a fair bit of cricket now of, of the niche stuff next part I had there's some songs <laughs> that me, you, and Chook have gone away for two to three years now and, and worked on. Oh, was it that long? But yeah, look, there have been people, certainly the the fans have been asking. Uh, look, look, and I want you to be honest with me. I want you to look me in my eyes. How, how far along are you with your song? I reckon you've heard about all of it. Okay. I've done. I know I have heard some of Chook's, so he has progressed. Interesting. Um, has he recorded it? He's, has he has he laid down some tracks? He hasn't recorded it, but I've heard I've heard more from his than I've heard from yours. Okay, mine's pretty much done. I just need to record it. Is it still danger on the dance floor? Yes. So look, I know we've done this before, 
we have to set a date now because <laughs> it's just not. Well, you know, I'm a very busy man. It's Matthew. just not got viable. Lots of, got lots of things going on. Now, let me have a quick look at the calendar. A lot of irons in the fire. Uh, look, there has to be somewhere we can fit in. And how long would you need? You know, we're not going to do it on Anzac Day. Um, I'm thinking a Monday at this point. How's that? How's that sit with you? A Monday in the future. I'm not really a Monday guy. It's Monday now. Yeah, I know. So it's like this is a big effort from from me. So a Wednesday. I'm definitely like a Friday kind of a guy. That's that's when I'm up and about the most. Okay. Just played a game of indoor cricket the night before. We've probably lost, but I've had a couple of beers and I feel good about myself. Look, the the, the Friday makes it tougher. Okay, why is that? Just in studio availability sense. Mm. Um, I mean, there are alternate venues. There are alternate venues. Look, I, we're going to set a date now because if we don't, it'll just it'll never happen. Yeah, look, and we did try doing that before. And we're going to finalise this date. And look, this is this is gonna be the rules. If you have COVID and you're not here, you you will you will send your you will send your song in, because that's just what's gonna to have to happen. Wow! So there's just no compassion on there's that. There's no compassion on COVID, um, unless you're underground, because there's been a tragedy, which then it'll be very up very upset and it'll be a solemn podcast. I mean, COVID's claimed a lot of lives, man. That sounds like a tragedy to me. Yeah. Look, if you're in isolation, you'll send your song in. Since since um I started writing it and you know recorded that first couple of bit I was, I was sort of like I was I was really I was really married to to the idea and and now I've had time to sort of sit back and think oh, no. about it and I'm not sure if I'm if I'm happy with it oh dear so well, it's okay because you've got till Wednesday the April twenty seventh to sort your shit out oh, I'm gonna need more time than that nah we've had two years. It hasn't been two years. Oh, it's definitely very close. No, and I and I defy you, and I defy you to tell me the actual. We actual can say a year and six months. Then it's still far too long. Hey, man, you know, creativity and genius—they don't have, you know, they don't have a time frame. Look, I'm I'm locking in April twenty seventh, and you'll you'll need to get on your bass, or your your guitar and your xylophone. What about Wednesday the fourth of May? May the fourth be with you. <sighs> I'm a nice man. I'll allow May the 4th. But that is the only exception I will give. May the 4th, lock it 2023. in. 2023. No, no. <laughs> May the 4th this year. And while we're recording right now, I'm going to message Chook. I'm going to message Sean Ingram. And he's going to be told, May the 4th is the day that the song will be released. Hello, Sean. We're both messaging the same chat to him. Yeah. May 4th. Song release on Matt Chats. No ifs or buts. He's actually got. He's got a nice. He's got a nice butt though. <laughs> he does have a good little butt. Good little dump truck. We have announced it right now on Matt Chats, and he's seen it. And we can no longer enforce these roadblocks or or walls 
We must run through the walls. Ah, uh, yes. So I've told him we must run through said walls. So May 4th, it's locked in. Get your song ready. Get out your, your xylophone, your instruments, and start putting things together. So you're telling me that you will have something recorded that's n- literally more than you or someone else singing it, or perhaps someone banging on some pots and pans. Listen. Is that what you're going to tell me? Yes, there'll be a song. Songs songs need music in them. Songs need lyrics. No, lyrics is poetry. See? it's it, look, what, look what Sean just said. Has Kent had enough time to write lyrics? Brother, you rock up here with what you got. I'll rock up here with what I've got. It'll go out to the public. We'll have a vote. And when I, when, when I defeat you, then we'll chat about it, bruv. Look, I'm happy to lose, but we just need to get one thing straight. If there's no music, it's not a song. Okay, man. It's literally just poetry. Okay. Like, go get a fucking cup of ramen. <laughs> go get your fucking tape recorder. Go listen to some music in the fucking park and write your poetry, your haikus, and you feel good about yourself. <laughs> Look, you go away with your little xylophones and your little guitars and your strings and your bow and arrows and whatever you have and come come back with your, your little tune. Oh, with actual music. Oh, mate. When we, me, me or Chuck win... Chuck or I? <laughs> you will, you'll face the wrath. And um, unfortunately, that's something that you're just going to have to deal with, brother. Hmm. Will you have the song ready by May 4th? Or like... Well, I don't have a choice now, do I? You've got a new hobby to, to deal with over the next few weeks. Yeah, I wonder how my dog feels about... Music? Yeah. <laughs> She'll just have to... Maybe I can enjoy, get her in on it. Enjoy the sounds. Look, I'm excited. Maybe maybe our artist, our group name will be Two Dogs. <laughs> or, the, or the good little dogs. The good little dogs. Now, May 4th, lock it in. Put in your calendars. Write it up in your diaries. Put in a, an alarm in your phone system, iPads and televisions. May 4th. And pray, pray to your Jesus. Exactly. But another announcement I have. Tune in later in the week. I'm going to be on a, a brand new podcast. Oh, uh, interesting. The, the, the Matt and Pete podcast. Interesting. Um, Gee whiz, that's going to go off in some places. Hitting hitting the airwaves. So that'll be out sometime this week. So stay tuned for that. Uh, chatting all different things. Because Pete's a different man. I imagine that's going to be like Auntie Donna's randomness meets uh, Shrek. <laughs> Look, Me- I, meets meets uh, niche sports. I think you'll, you'll enjoy it. Um, but yeah, coming out this week, the first episode. So... Stay tuned for that. What day? So can I? I can pencil it in my calendar. Uh, I'd say Thursday. And I and I will pencil it. Pencil it in Thursday. Get up, get your bowl of cereal, put on the Matt and Pete podcast episode one. What if I like to have toast instead? Get your toast. Get your butter. Get your jam. And oh baby, now you're speaking my language. And have a little bit of the Matt and Pete podcast episode one. Question with that notice: How good's jam? Well, I don't mind it. Do you have a favourite? Uh, not personally. Look, I don't. I don't eat it religiously. Okay. I know you're a massive jam fan. Yeah, I am. Yep, absolutely. I think you can understand with my not being a fan of things that are heavily sweet. Mm, that would really conflict with your, yeah. your delicate sensibilities. Yeah, yeah. But look, I don't mind jam. I don't hate it. Mm. Um, 
but yeah, I'm, I'm glad you like jam. Oh, thank you, and I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm glad I like jam. Now, before we, we do finish up, uh, I want to know, is there anything you want to bring up? Anything you want to ask me? Anything anything you want to see from the podcast in the future? Just any general things that you want to say to me right now? Um, look, I'm, I'm, first of all, I'm, I'm so glad you're back. Oh, I think thank you. There's been, uh, there's been a gap in the market for Matt Chats, um, and now you're, you're filling that void. Um, and that makes me very happy. I, I'd like to see some more Ryan Campbell-esque chats, and I'm not necessarily meaning that you speak to him every day. Just some more chats like that, because I really enjoyed that. It was a good little chat. It was. Um, I've been messaging people as well, trying to get them onto the show. Uh, Darius Rucker, Peter Siddle. <laughs> Darius Rucker. Mason Cox. These are, the, these are the names I've been messaging. Darius Rucker uh, would be a huge get. Mm. Uh, it wagon wheelie wood. <laughs> I reckon you'd get Cameron Whist listening then, a friend of the show, but Good hasn't friend. hasn't been on. No, and that's look, that's that's just a uh, that'll happen. I imagine he's listened to Matt chats at least once. Oh yeah, surely, surely oh, yeah. he'd have he'd have notifications turned on. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, Stephen, it has been an absolute pleasure to be in the studio with you once again. Uh, I look forward to. I'm sure having you back later this season or next season or at some point. Well, May 4th at least. Yeah, so with with that, oh. um, are we going to get Chuck into the studio? Because, you know, he, oh, like, yes. he doesn't like you know staying up past 7.30. He's got to have his early nine-nines. Mate, if I know one thing about my good friend Sean Ingram, he's a man of commitment and a man of dedication, mm. and he'll do anything to beat you in a contest. So he'll be here. Intriguing. Uh, and I look forward to it, and you should look forward to it. Do you look forward to it? I can't wait. May 4th. I reckon I might get here at like 3.30 in the morning just to mentally prepare. Take the day off work. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm less keen than that, but only slightly. <laughs> okay. Well, I look forward to it. Stephen, it's been an absolute pleasure once again, and I look forward to uh, speaking to you in the very, very near future. Cheers, Matty. Take us out, uh, these lads from uh, Cordial to Fanta. We're Cordial to Fanta, and this is our original Tea for Three. One, two, three, four. Oh, Swanee. Do you love me? Oh, Swanee, do you love me? Cause you're a cutie. When I made you tea, you looked right at me.